the word becomes man. The gospel according to St. John as recorded from chapter 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lieth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name which we are born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the gospel of our Lord. And thank you, Father, for this wonderful occasion of reenacting the greatest miracle on earth, the greatest miracle in heaven, the greatest story of love and affection. May we not only embrace the same, may we reflect same, and may we reach out with that same message and life of love, of humility, of simplicity. And yet, with room in our hearts and in our lives for you this season and the rest of the days going forward. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Please be seated. It is a great joy to share fellowship with you. And another Christmas carol Sunday morning. The songs always seem and look ever new. Or do they not? New every morning is the love and the mercies of God. New every day is your life. Every day you are alive is new. You have never lived on 20th December 2020 before. Or have you? You may have seen 20 December 2019, 2016, 2018. But here is another day. Here is another occasion. Here is another opportunity for us to yet praise the Lord. And true as the fact is, not everyone who was with us here in this very chapel at the last Christmas carol 
is alive today. Very near you. We're not even stretching far. It is a joy and a privilege. And we give all thanks to God in the name of Jesus Christ. Christmas carol period is also a time we reflect on the first coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have the drama depicted through the scriptures, depicted through the hymns, and we come to his first coming, and he reminds us of his second coming. He came first as a lamb. He came first in a manger. He came first. There was no room for him in the inn. There was no room for him in the hearts of men. There was no room for him in the scheme of things. There was no room for him in the activities, the hustle and bustle of life. They were planning their Christmas. They were planning their programs. They were planning their buyings and selling. They were planning their travelings. They were traveling every other thing. But with the absence of the central figure, they had everything laid out. They were busy. So much so that he came to his own. And his own did not know him. Neither did they receive him. That's the tragedy. That's the story. For as many as receive him and give him a room in their hearts. And there's a room not only in the inn of their houses, but in the inn of their businesses. And more so in the inn of the centrality of their lives. He gave the power not only to be children of God, but to be heirs with him. And unto such, he comes again the second time. This time, not to save, but to redeem them unto a hope of everlasting. And that is our joy. That's the Christian hope. That is our firm resolution. He had come, he will come again. And when he comes again, for them who wait for his appearing, Hebrews 9.28 tells us, he comes to take them home, a place of rest, a place of joy, and a place of worship with the 24 elders perpetually. There will be no dull moment there. The choir will be all made. With all their resplendent dressing, with the children choir, you and I, no matter how our voices are, it will be all joy and praise and worship. Those whose voices do not measure up, they will measure up overnight in the name of Jesus. That's the joy of a day like this. Christmas carol was conducted for the first time by Archbishop Truro in London in the year 1880. That was the first time anything like that. It wasn't even called Christmas carol. It was Archbishop, and then in his cathedral, he just decided to drop nine lessons, dramatic personnel, of the stories from Genesis, the fall of man, the promise of the soon coming seed, who will also deliver man from the bondage of the Satan, who had bruised his ear, and whom he will crush, he said, to the promise through Abraham by faith, that everyone who believes by faith like him, in blessing he will also do what? Bless him. In multiplying he will do what? Multiply to 740 B.C. When Isaiah prophesied 
unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And his name shall be Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Father, Everlasting Father. And upon his shoulders shall the government be. 740 B.C., before it ever happened, he was already seeing clearly the promise of the soon coming Messiah and of the reign of his kingdom. There will be no ends. Thirty years later, Micah, in 710 B.C., took it up. Said in our next reading, Bethlehem, Ephrata, even though he had the least of all the tribes, from you shall come he who shall reign. The scepter will be with him, and he shall reign forever. And when Herod heard that news, that was why many, why the central figure and message of Christmas was already available and around. People in their own power, in their own selfishness, and in their own ego, yet had their plans. When Herod had that same message, as the three wise men came around, instead of a rejoicing, what was his own plan? A plot to kill. A plot to murder. He was called a bloody Herod. Eventually, every other child less than two years of age died on account of the fact that a man could not have room in his heart, room in his kingdom, room in his reign, for he who was to be the everlasting father, the mighty God, the prince of peace, the king of kings, and the lord of lords. And he paid dearly with it. May that not be your portion and the portion of anyone today in the name of Jesus Christ. So had Bishop Truro organized this and had the nine lessons just like we are reading today. And then starting from his choir boy, like we saw the choir people singing, Kamsi and Ikepazu, from choir boys, right with him as the very last. And since then, Christmas carol has come to be institutionalized. For many, it's like a ceremony. For others, it's a ritual that must hold. But for us, let it always remain a poignant reminder to the greatest miracle that ever took place on the surface of the planet Earth and yet beyond the Earth from heaven. That a man should be born and God should take upon him the form of human being and become flesh. The greatest story of love ever demonstrated, the greatest story of sacrifice ever shown, greater love had no one than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. And God so commended his love towards us. That even while we were yet in sin, not waiting for us to finish sinning, not waiting for us to come to our senses, not waiting for us to wise up, not waiting for your resolutions to dry up. And you know how many of the resolutions, many who have made it in the energy of the flesh, how many have succeeded in keeping and not keeping, just as the new year dawns in a few days, God sparing us. 
that despite all this, he commended his love to us. That while we were yet in sin, he would take our place. Scarcely for a righteous man will anyone give his life. Not even for any good man will anyone dare to die. Yet for you and I, eternity in view, eternity in the womb of time. Because Jesus came forth around AD 3, AD 4. And yet you and I, in 2020, we are already in his womb of time. And we are privileged to have the story not only reenacted, but also, I pray, with Jesus having a room in the inn of our hearts in the name of Jesus Christ. That's the greatest drama plot. Enacted in heaven, with a cast from heaven, angels, on earth, and yet till eternity. In any way you look at it, no other story, no other religious belief has a place in this. And that is what makes Christianity unique. Two things. The coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. God taking the form of man. He who was part of the triune God. In the beginning was the world. And the world was with God. And the world was God. And the world became flesh. And dwelt amongst us. And we had and saw and felt his presence. Today, we can still have his presence. That he, who was at the creation, dropped his glory. Dropped his pomp and pageantry he shared with God the Father in heaven. And took upon himself the form of flesh. And humbled himself to come. And go through all that you and I can pass through as human beings, yet without sin. And so in the announcing of his coming in Matthew, we are told, Fear not, for you shall call his name Jesus. And his main purpose, he shall save his people from their sins. He shall save his people from their bondage. He shall deliver his people from everything that keeps them down, leaves them as mere creatures, never ascend to be the people of God, and to enjoy the liberty that is found as children of God. That is Jesus' main purpose. And so he came. That's what we are told in the gospel according to St. John. Chapter 1, verse 10. He came. This world that became flesh came. He has always been coming. He has never been keeping far. In the Garden of Eden, when man fell in Genesis 3, 8, 9. And that second prophecy came. The Lord God himself came seeking for man. The first missionary. In Christ, he came again. Through him now, who is God the Son, came again, one singular purpose, to save everyone who believes in him from their sins. To save them from destruction. To save them from the second birth. 
as we sang in ancient and modern, 51, born to raise his people and born to give his people a second birth. I think that's ancient and modern, 64. That's why he came. If that purpose has not been fulfilled in your life, then you're of all men most to be pitied, not yet miserable. It's only Christians who live as if here is the end that will be most miserable. But you are yet to be pitied. But there's no room for that. That's why the Christmas carol story is sung. The hymn is sung. The drama is plotted. Reenacting it again. Why should anyone still be busy with the hustle and bustle? With the drive? With the rat race? With the making ends meet? You look around. Who would have thought that with the coronavirus this year, with the economic meltdown, recession, depression, 3.4% GDP drop, GDP drop, that people wouldn't really bother. They would just simply have been saying, Thank God, oh, God deal, I arrived. God deal, I'm arriving at the end of the year. But what do you see around? Business as usual. That's always the world system. In Luke 2.7, we were told that they were busy going for census, doing buying and trading. That it was only in the manger that there was room for the Savior. Is there room in your heart, in your program, in your running around this time? Can you pause when you look for the things to be bought? Many of the things that you would have thought to be bought, they have tripled, they have quadrupled. The chairman of the Works and Building Committee said they were going to have a meeting after this service and they were going to discuss that the building work at the Anglican Church of Resurrection Amateur Biofa Vicarage that was started with the price of cement at around 2,500 naira back then had risen up to 4,100. And so they need to decide what to do. And like that has every other thing Doubled, tripled, some even what? Quadrupled, where you see them at all. But men and women need to have the center and the fulcrum of who is at the center of the season. It's not merely what you're able to wear this year. Children, you may not necessarily have new dresses. Mommy may just get that your old dress. Press it very well again. And it will look as good as new. You may not necessarily buy all the things you may have distributed in gifts. Those are the things that preoccupy people. This time around, can the times and can the events of the Christmas and Jesus coming challenge and channel our heart to He shall save His people from their sins. And when he came at the first time, his people did not know him. His people did not receive him. But as many as are willing to receive him, he always gives them what? The power, a newness, a freshness, the reason to stay on and have a living hope for today, for tomorrow, and live beyond the economy. That's our gift. And that's the gift we should also spread around this season. The last hymn, or the last song the choir sang, was love as our Christmas gift. That's the gift Jesus gave. He came to his people. 
God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son as a savior, as a lamb. That's the message that we will have, not only in our list, but in our disposition. It's not in display of affluence. It's not in display of what we have gained. It's not in display of what we have garnered this year. I'm sure many, financially, may have gotten a loss. I'm sure many, profit-wise in business, may not have got all the net profit as it were. I know there are a number of people here, lecturers here, who are still wondering whether their salaries will ever be paid before this year ends. They are in deficit. But if that is where your hope is only, then you will just be pitied as it were. But there's a greater joy. There's a greater hope. There's a greater giving. And he who receives him, to them, he gave the power not only to display sonship, but also live in freedom and have joy and peace, fulfillment and contentment. The shepherds had the story while they watched their flock by night. The cold wintry night. We are told that possibly Christmas didn't happen in December. Possibly, historically, it would have been in October. The events, the dates, is immaterial. Some even argue, because many people here are lettered, that the Christmas was originally a celebration to the sun god, S-U-N. But the noun, the Christians took it over. By the time that Emperor Eudus in 323 legalized Christianity, those are stories. But that is how Christianity also has to impose and infiltrate the people's life, as it were. And so, whether it is in January, or some even say April, or in October, it did happen in world events. Jesus, at a point in history, came, came seeking, came for one purpose, came for a fulfillment of purpose, that everyone who encounters him, will be saved from their sins. And they will have the power not just to exist from morning till night, do a rat race, accumulate primitive riches, and then just compare themselves with themselves, and then boast and say, if nobody praises me, I will praise myself. That's primitive thinking. He came so that you can have meaning, and you can have life, and have life in its fullness. Joy to the Lord. Goodwill to all men. That's the message he gave him. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Which shall be to all people. If you've got the joy of salvation. Have your parents. Have your siblings. Have your relatives. Have your in-laws. Have your kindreds. Whom you may likely encounter either physically or one way or the other by communication within the spirit. Have they also got the joy? That's the message. That's the priority. That's what we spread. That's what we stand for. May the joy of the Christmas season or the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ coming to save us from our sin, washing you from your past and giving you the liberty to be the son of God. And be born after him the first fruit. Radiate in your life and my life continually this season and beyond. In the name of Jesus Christ. And in case you are here. 
And you haven't got this joy that does not depend on what Naira what you've got. Joy doesn't really depend on the physical. Joy doesn't depend on what you can touch, you can feel, you can see. It's happiness that depends on that. And happiness can turn to unhappiness. If your salary is not paid, you will not be happy. So it changes with the weather. If they didn't buy shoes for that boy, he will not be happy. He will have a very long face. Joy wears in from inside. Joy unspeakable is the innate manifestation of having he who is the center of Christmas in your life. Have you got him? If you've got him, spread the message. Spread the love. Spread the purpose. And spread it in love, in action, and by words in the name of Jesus Christ. Chances are, there are people you will meet this season that you will meet again if Jesus tarries by this time next year. True or false? Very true. That's the reality of life. And chances are that there are people whom you've not met now, but by this night, they will be born into the world. That's God's plan. So the opportunity you have, make the most of it. The moment the shepherds got that story, they said, let's not waste time. It's a cold, wintry night. It's a silent night. It's a night that people are trying to just ponder over. But this message is of great importance. Let us go quickly. Let us go. And tell what you have been told. May that also be the joy that propels you this period. In the name of Jesus. The way Jesus was born. Here on earth. May heaven receive many new births. On your and my account this period. By our words. In the name of Jesus Christ. And as we do so. The Lord will multiply grace upon you. If you have water to drink, it will be blessed water in Jesus' name. If you have anything to put on, there's nobody to compete with. It will be the best in the name of Jesus. But let the heart of gratitude and joy and privilege to be numbered among those who are of the Lord. And privilege to also be numbered among those who receive of Him. And privilege to be alive today, to yet celebrate one more time Jesus' birth. The greatest miracle on earth. Changing a man like me from a sinner to a saint. From he who was all in the Mary clay and suddenly now having a name in the roll call of God. That when the children of God are mentioned, your name can come up. Praise the Lord. My name can come up. Irrespective of your background. Men mighty and powerful. Men great in pomp and power. Men in all their wealth and majesty. Men in all their fame and infamy. They may be known here, but where it matters most, their name is not mentioned. And you, 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 myself, by virtue of what Jesus did at a time like this, we can be numbered not only among the saints, but among the sons of God, among the heirs and joint heirs with him, is a great privilege. May that joy fill you and make you rejoice in the beauty of his holiness in the name of Jesus Christ. Therefore, remember the five hours. Remember the five hours. 
of Christmas. Number one, remember, recall, remember, recall. Don't be lost in the bustle, the hustle, the activities, the material ones. Remember, let it be there in your memory and in your actions and plans. Remember, recall, let it be constant that Christ is what? The reason for this season. Without Christ in your thoughts, in your action in godliness, the grace of God that brings salvation. Where we read in the gospel according to St. John, chapter 1, verse 14. It says, But the world was made flesh, dwelt amongst us, we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And verse 17 they said, The law came by Moses. The law pointed the way. But the law had no liberty. The law showed you what to do to be like God. But the law had no power to deliver you if you offended in any and the law had no mercy because if you keep the law you must keep all to the end if you offend in one you have done what? it's as if you've offended in all if somebody is caught for armed robbery he will say hey hey, I didn't kill him oh, I just had a gun I didn't kill him he already has committed what? an offense but in verse 17 he says Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So, if he has given us the grace to live, that those whose grace has come to be called the children of God, by voluntarily submitting to his lordship, will no longer live unto themselves, but they will live for who? Live with him at the center of each day's planning, each activity, as you make up your mind to relate with this person or to relate with the other person. And sometimes you are thinking and you remember the person who may be in your days when you have not yet turned to Jesus was your arch enemy. He will say, look, over my dead body, will you progress in this place? Come and see now. And you have lived with that dread. This is the period of grace. Now that Jesus has brought grace unto you, you will forgive. You will lend grace to that person because you will be the one in punishment now. Each time you repeat the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who do what? What you're saying is that if I don't forgive, curse me. That's an indirect way of saying, let the curse remain. So this time, every other person in the prison of your heart, genuinely or genuinely, there will be forgiveness because the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart. That's why Christ is the center. What will Christ do to this relative? What will Christ do to this other person? What will Christ do in this circumstance? You will forgive freely, willingly. So will you show forth love and manifest that you are the sons of God and that you are my disciples. Otherwise, all we'll do will be put up decoration. There's even no decoration here. I don't know how coincidentally that happened. I don't remember whether many of you remember decoration. 
But even where you remember, it's in far and few places that you see Christmas tree decorated this time. Am I right? Far and few. Even the business houses, they don't have enough money to now put a decoration. But where that is decorated, that's a Christmas tree without life. Full of beauty, glimmer, glitter. But there's no life. That's when Christ is not the reason for anybody's Christmas. But make him the center and the reason. And there may be some people whom he's not yet their reason. He's at the periphery. He's just an add-on. He just mentioned it. And many of us know, whether around here or when we get to the hinterland, many people don't go for service on Christmas Day. They don't. They have a hangover from the previous night at a village meeting. Or they have been in a drinking bout. Or they have gone for one long ebanku that lasted to you any time. It's a time for resting. This time around, may you have the love of Christ to reach out unto them in the name of Jesus Christ. When you remember that Christ is the reason for the season, rejoice. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Rejoice. Rejoice that you are privileged to have him. Rejoice that you are privileged to be numbered among those whom you have gotten in. Rejoice that he has counted in the number. Rejoice that his coming has made a purpose in your life. You shall call him Jesus, which means he shall save his people from the power of sin. Rejoice. So when any dull moment is coming to tell you, adopt this year, adopt the negative, adopt the positive, rejoice. Your life does not depend on that. Your life does not depend on the abundance of things you possess. If you did, you wouldn't have made it this far. Your life depended on his mercy. And that's the truth. So rejoice. Let people see Christ resplendently displayed in your life and in your bitten. And as you rejoice, reflect this in your life. The way you go about should be clearly different from the way any other politician from the way any other person, from the way any other fellow will go about his own. Christmas, for he who is a child of God, is a time of sober reflection. And it's a time of solemn joy and rejoicing. And it is the inward beauty that flows out. But it's not just that. It will lead you to reach out. Reach out in gifts. There are people who you are better than by any standard. True or false? Everyone here, there is someone else you are better than. That also makes you look up and thank God. That's the way God made life. There were people who would be better than you, perhaps in material things. There will also be people who you will always be better than. So that makes you always have a sense of equanimity, a sense of saying, God, you know it all. I never can understand it. But the riches of his grace in Christ can still overflow through your life. Look out and reach out to them. A cup of rice, a cup of water, a cup of sachet water, I think the price has also increased now. Whichever one you can afford, you will give out and reach out in the name of Jesus. Reach out, not only with the gifts. This is a season of giving. Reach out with the things that can enrich other people's lives. 
when we advertise the daily guide, the inner car, the daily power, and the daily milk, of which one of us here, our brother God Yezal, is one of the editors, whether it's for Inyaka or it's also for Daily Power, it's a privilege to have also such around. They enrich people's lives. They direct them to Christ, the center of the life and the center of the universe. They enrich them every single day of the year. They are more than just bread that can last for just now. Reach out to those meaningful, purposeful events intervening in their lives. And reach out with the message of the gospel. Good news of great joy. Christ is born. This day, this season, is Christ born in your heart too? That's the message. Reach out with that love. And great shall be the returns to heaven on yours and my account this period. In the name of Jesus Christ. But is there anyone here who though may be with us, who though may enjoy the occasion, who though may enjoy the melody, but right in your heart there is no witness that this coming of Jesus the first time has made impact in your life. You're still the same way you were. You're still like Herod, protecting your territory, protecting your interests. Right there in the midst of the same city where Jesus was born, in Bethlehem, Right there was seed of discord, seed of murder, seed of bloodshed, being planned and already hatched in the heart of he who should maintain the utmost piety. Let me be your position now. There is news, good news for you. This moment too, Christ can be born anew in your heart. And great rejoicing will also result in the name of Jesus Christ. Shall we bow our heads to pray? As many as receive him, to them he gave the power to be the sons of God, who we are born, not of flesh, not of blood, not of the will of man, but of the power of God. It's the power of God that brought Jesus down and made himself of no repetition and humbled himself and took upon himself the form of a servant, slave servant, and died the worst horrible death on the cross, the death of crucifixion on a tree. But as he died, he has redeemed all from the cause of death, cause of sin, and the cause of the devil, triumphing over them, and nailing every sin that is contrary to us, at the cross of Calvary and resurrecting in power. That is what he wants to do in your life this morning. Are you here this morning? And your heart says, I have not given him a room in the inn of my heart thus far. I have played church. I have played religion. I have gone with people of God. But I don't have a witness in me, sincerely speaking, telling me that I'm a child of God. And that is the first thing that bears a record that you belong to God. The Spirit of God will bear witness in your heart that you are a child of God. If you don't have that witness, friend, Christ is not yet in at the heart. He's not yet in to that life. He's at the in any other place, but not in your life. This morning, you want to let him come in properly. You want to embrace him. You want to have that sure witness. 
that you're a child of God. Your sins forgiven. The power to just revolve like Herod and all those who were selling and buying. Consumed by a greater power of the love and the mercy of Christ. You want that. And that's your desire. If that is your desire, to have the witness that Jesus is in your life, sins forgiven, liberty as a son of God, power that comes of God to live righteously, godly, and soberly in this present season and life. Wherever you are, just raise your hand. We're going to pray for you. And we're going to pray with you. The greatest miracle is the miracle that God became man. And the greatest miracle following it is that man, though born in sin and trespasses, can also be turned to become a child of God. It's only God himself that turns that around. Not religious worship, not just listening to Christmas carols. If that is your desire, I want this change. I want the witness that I belong to Christ. I'm desirous that the reason of Christ coming to save me from my sins be fulfilled. Please raise your hand where you are. And let this be the season of rejoicing that begins in your heart. Please raise your hand where you are. I want to surrender my life to this Jesus who came to save me from my sins. If you are raising your hand, can I ask you wherever you are, please kindly stand. Just kindly stand. A brief while. Just kindly stand. There is nothing to be ashamed of. The only shame is that you came here today on a day we are singing the melody and rehearsing the acts and the drama of Jesus coming to save from sin. And you came, still going back the same way you came. That's the only shame that would be. It's boldness to stand up for what you trust and believe God today in your life. I want Jesus in my life. I want the witness that I belong to him. Please, as you stand, just march down here. Quickly, quickly. Just march down here. As all heads are bowed. And as we leave our hearts, Lord, unto him. And we take the song. Lord, I give you my life. I give you my soul. I live for you. I love Every step that I take, every moment I'm awake, I want to surrender my life to Christ. I want my sins forgiven. I want Christ to be born anew in my heart. Please march out. Let's pray with you. I give you my soul.
majority of you here are children. Some of you are a bit older than children. Maybe some of you came out, you saw your friend coming out. Maybe you saw a person sitting with you coming out. But until you reach the age of reasoning, which you do when you started school, you can take a decision for Christ. And maybe you have taken this decision before. You don't yet have an assurance of salvation, which the Holy Spirit bears witness. Regardless of your age, this time, minutes. This time, be serious. This time, every child who is here, every child who is here, don't look at another. We are in a serious business. And Jesus can make a definite start in your life that you will remember. At three, four, five years, you can be sure you are born again. So it's not strange. And it comes from the decision you make. And your heart is usually open. Jesus says, allow the little children to come unto me. For of such is the kingdom of God. The heart is malleable. And at every spot of sin, you can say, God, I am sorry. You can easily confess. But today, as you confess Christ again, it will be permanent in your life in Jesus' name. There will be an assurance that will not go back in the name of Jesus. Repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you. You died on the cross of Calvary for my sins. You shed your blood for my sins. You came at a time like this on Christmas for one reason. To save me from my sins. To take me to be a child of God. To give me the power to belong to you. And to overcome the power of sin, of Satan, and of the world. Lord Jesus, I confess to you. I am a sinner. I have strayed from you. I have gone away from your ways. But this moment, at my very age, I repent with all my heart. I return completely to you. And I ask you, willingly, consciously, to come into my heart. There is room in my heart for you. There is room in the end of my life for you. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me my sins. Cleanse me from my past. Give me the power to be your child. And lead me on from today to the glory of your name. Thank you as you hear me. Thank you as you bring a change in me. Thank you as you give me the assurance and the witness of the Spirit as a deposit in my heart that I belong to you. I will live for you the rest of the days of my life. In Jesus' name. As many as receive you, God, to them you give the power to be your children who were born not of flesh, not of blood, not of the will of man, 
but by the power of God. And where you make that change, though we don't see it, but we see the evident manifest visible sign, we see a change in a life of godliness. We see a change of peace that passes all understanding. We see a change of joy unspeakable that wells out. We see a change of a boldness in godliness and in the things that pertain to God and righteousness. Lord, we receive them of these ones in the name of Jesus Christ. Write their names in the book of life and give them that peace that passes all understanding. Let old things about their lives and childhood pranks that did not give glory to you go. Let all things become new in the name of Jesus Christ. Perform the doing of this and receive every glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And for the rest of us, Lord, we give you glory. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we ask that even the Spirit, as you have partaken of the message of the only miracle that can turn a sinner to a saint, that can turn one who is dead even when he were dead to live again, that can also make one while on earth not to be dependent on the seasons, on the haves and the have-nots, but on the inner joy and contentment that comes because Christ is born anew in us. Lord, I pray that this will be the joy and the experience of all your children, even here now in the name of Jesus Christ. Let the love of Christ be shed abroad in our heart this season, that as we remember that Christ is the reason for this season, and we rejoice in it, and is seen in our speech, in our action, as we reflect this in our everyday living. Not in mundane activities, not in worldly comparisons, not in the things we can see, touch, feel, or taste. Those are just things that keep life going. Lord, as we reflect this in our living and our approach and our aspiration, and reach out, may you also through us turn many into righteousness and bring new birth and joy to heaven this season in the name of Jesus. That while on earth there is ringing and rejoicing, joy on earth, for unto us this day is Christ the Son of God, born in the city of David. There will also be a similar joy in heaven on our account. And unto us this day is a new soul added unto the rule in heaven. May we be harbingers of that joy. May that preoccupy us. May that give us fulfillment. May that give us enlightenment to God. That in reaching out in words, by gifts, by actions, we can display Christ right here, still walking on earth, with room in the affairs of this life and in our homes. To the glory of your name, in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Lord. May this joy never fade in the name of Jesus. May this joy be infectious to all around in the name of Jesus. May this joy be asked about by others. Why do you have such a joy in a year like this, at a period like this? And may that be a time to render even the doings of your power and mercy upon our life. First, in turning us to your children. Secondly, in preserving us unto this end. And may others also live through this joy. Glory to your name. Goodwill to all mankind. And may those who come in contact with us receive your blessing in one way or the other. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. You will preserve our lives. You will preserve our property. 
you will preserve our loved ones to God in the name of Jesus Christ. A thousand may fall by the side, road accidents may happen, fire accidents may happen, kitchen accidents may happen, gas explosions may happen. Lord, every one of them that is an emergency and an accident that is injurious to life, health, or property, we declare that they will not come near our dwelling places, nor your children in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask that you will preserve everyone here. May this be a season of joy. May this remain a season of joy. Joy in having singular possession that Jesus is ours. And we are called by his name. And we are not just sons of God and daughters of God with him. We are heirs and joint heirs with the kingdom. And we sit together with the company of the firstborn. Thank you for this joy. May this joy never dry up in the name of Jesus. Every other area that any cause of sorrow is being concocted. Lord, we declare by your mercies that you be kept far from our habitation. In the name of Jesus Christ. Because we have made the Lord our God. Our dwelling place. Our refuge. And our hiding place. Therefore shall you preserve. Therefore shall you protect. Therefore shall you promote. Therefore shall you cause your mercy to rest upon us. Day and night in the name of Jesus. The arrows that fly by the noonday. The noisome pestilence that sea goes around. Second wave or not of coronavirus. Various ways of contacting same. Lord, we ask you. The noisome pestilence that goes by day or by night. Whether corona or any other. Lord, they shall not come near your children. In the name of Jesus Christ. This is your covenant with your people. We therefore ask of you. That you preserve our going out and our coming in. You preserve our journeys within and without the city. You preserve our journeys by land and journeys by air. And if perchance some journey by sea, keep them safe in the name of Jesus. Preserve the children in these few days of their holidays. Preserve the adult. Preserve every homestead. And Lord, give every home a cause to rejoice that Christ is born and reborn in our heart. And Lord, Meet the needs of everyone here according to the riches in glory that come by Christ Jesus in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray.